Salt repel. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Ipto three. Cottage of fear. Oh yeah, let's do some push-ups. What's all this filth on the floor? Gee, anyone think you live in a Bosnia United Nations camp? How rubbish. Oh yeah. Oh. Oh. Well, it's back to business this week. My new crime-fighting outfit was ready, and I was on a mission to lift the scum off the boots of which is Box Hill, Rocks Hell, and Sturdy Jim's bus camp. I headed out on a balmy Sunday afternoon up to the shop. Sundays before dinner are really dead at Box Hill. With most dwellers heading back to enjoy their well-earned Sabbath. The good folks, that is, not the drug folks, stone, Balkan rats, which loiter and cause crime down the laneways and the grimy back rooms of Box Hill. Box Hill. I walked through the mall. Barely anyone was there. No one was moving around. And the lowering warm sun was warming my camouflage dry spine trench coat. My hat perched on an angle. The cowboy was in town and he was about to shoot the sheriff and the sheriff's bitches, no questions asked. A few old Chinese men scurried away followed by some fearful Indian miners. I turned up Station Street. The streets were calm, calm as a cool ocean. The occasional Kingswood coasted by. It was that mysterious time of day that only a Melbourne spring afternoon could provide. The sun hung eternally in the air, quiet and a peace swept the streets, almost too quiet. I swaggered up to the Italian restaurant, Al Capone's. It was clear these guys were dodgy, and I mean as dodgy as John Hewson's birthday cake. I just needed to show them who's boss and stop selling their sinister pizzas disguised as food. I kicked open the door like Clint Beastwood entering a dusty cantina. The darkened front bar contained some Mexican looking Italians. The setting sun was shone through the ancient shutters. As my eyes adjusted, I noticed another Mexican leaning against the back wall with a handgun under his dusty jacket. I moved in slowly, silently, sat down on the first table, hat pulled over my eyes. I leaned back and sputtered, give me a cold beer jerky. There was a long pause before one shot back casually in an accent. We're closed. I fired back. How did I get in a rat muncher? He coolly responded, through the door. Smartass. I said, don't be a smartass, you smartass. No one likes a smartass, smartass. So shut up your mouth, you creep snipper. Within seconds, I tipped over the table and, so, and I yelled at the guy. Stop being corrupt. Watch your face. Do you think you're just mafia scum? You should think about it. At that moment, a large Italian man 
came sauntering down the stairs. In a thick and polite Italian accent, he stated, What's the problem here, my friend? I responded, I'm not your friend, mate. Get it? At this point, I just went to punch crap out of him, and the others came out of nowhere to hold me back. I went into a tirade, screaming that I knew he was selling opium to school children, and he was running guns out of Chevy's palace. I walked slowly, I walked slowly up, and he said in his even thicker and sleazier accent, Look friend, I don't know who you are or what you're trying to do, but I am a legitimate businessman. And then I made a big mistake and spat out, No, you're not. You're a big loser. His heavies then punched me in the gut and before throwing me out on the street, he leaned into my ear and quietly said, Next time you'll get hurt. I was flat on the footpath for a few seconds, coughing up blood and dim sims. No one around to see this tragic incident and no one to piss on me. I staggered up to the bottle shop across Station Street. I bought a few long necks of Burwood Ale, that's all I had, leaned against the wall of the church as the Campuchians came out and asked me if I was alright. Oh, it was very kind of them and I, I told them to stuff off and then said sorry for the current Vietnam puppet government in their homeland. They gave me a knowing and perplexed look and disappeared back into the old quiet church. I stared at Al Capone's for a good 20 to 25 minutes, drank my beers, then had a blistering, blood-curdling brainstorm. You see, my loose colleague and acquaintance, a strange character called UV Ray, also known as Ultraviolent Ray, had said something about the now dilapidated and condemned Blood's Cottage. So I walked back across the road and down to the site of the mid-1800s historical dwelling. From the street, you couldn't see much. As you entered the front gate, the house appeared and it was like stepping back in time. Box Hill felt even quieter and the sun still hung unmoved in the sky. Just like before my eyes adjusted to see two silent and wiry chaps on the front porch, it was something straight out of a ravioli western movie. One sat unmoved and the other leaned coolly against the aging timber. The guys sitting down looked tall, built, had thick glasses, shaved head and they looked disturbed. He was just lighting matches and staring at them. The other chap was wiry, tall and dark, a wry smile saying nothing. He had jet black hair, he had slim Lee Jones and a blue shirt accompanied with dusty boots. These guys looked really macho and in complete control. I'll admit I was intimidated, so I started to puff out my chest and spoke in a deep voice. Where's UV Ray, Cobbers? The one on the right said, Who's asking? The essential reptile. 
I responded. The guy on the left didn't say anything. The guy on the right, on the right, spoke minimally, but just pointed at his chest saying, Gram, and pointed to the other guy saying, Deacon, also known as Motorbike Steve. Motorbike Steve, you'll remember the name, all right? The conversation was jilted to say the least, and non-existent. Grum just had that good old cheeky smile, where he didn't know whether he was secretly judging you or being friendly as anything. We went back and forwards with one to two word sentences. I started to like the guy. Grum was a modern rarity, a man who predicted a lazy, humorous brinkmanship. It was his lack of neurosis, an impression of an amiable monkey, a laconic sort of presence which truly intimidated my paranoid swagger. He just gestured his head for me to go in, wandered down the dark, darkened, dusty hallway of this 1800s dwelling. It looked ridiculous on the outside, but the inside wasn't too bad. Kind of like an old joint where some 80 year old geezer was living, sipping whole trunks full of booze and getting cigaretted out and all that. The sun slipped through the lacy curtains, showing rooms of ancient furniture. This was all pretty interesting, much like going to some museum in Narrowarren South, full of oil paintings of slippery underworld figures and pathetic cardboard furnitures and oil paintings of possums, bandicoots and other native animals shitting. I approached the back room where the kitchen was and where I could see the back of UV Ray. He, Ray, was in his favourite place under the UV light in the kitchen. His head moving to the beat of his jaw, chomping on chocolate, moving back almost mechanically like this, like the clouds at Luna Park, throwing back coke and all the while smoke coming out of his left eye socket. When I thought about this, the chocolate, the coke and the cigarettes, once again, I was reminded of what? The three seeds of pleasure. He didn't look much like the old ultra-violent Ray. He was about five foot seven, chubby and had bogan eyes. Now when I say bogan eyes, I mean slightly protruding with Pardon me. Um, where was I? Bogan eyes. Yeah, the sort of eyes where you've got dark eyelashes, light blue and bloody tired looking bags under his eyes. Do you know what I mean? Really very, what I, yeah, you know what I mean? Classi I would classify them as bogan eyes. Reckon? Reckon? Yeah, Taliban eyes. So we sat there in the ancient kitchen and all he had was a cooler instead of a fridge. Alright, fair enough. Save on power bills, I guess. I drank some ancient koala stouts and we smoked and talked. Started to tell me about my problem of the flipping Mexican Italians and the greedy attitudes I had. We So we struck up a deal. I agreed to giving him the back door remote of the block of the nocturnal village where the guys could land. 
Ray said that as far as he was concerned, living in Blood's Cottage, beg your pardon, Blood's Cottage, had attracted too much of the attention of the Box Hill Historical Society nerds who were convinced there were ghosts living in there. No surprises as Grum and Deegan looked like greasy ghosts while hanging out on the front porch. And it was, it was, it was then that he told me how terrified he was of the Box Hill Historical Society. He'd heard things uh, about some of their goings on and the way they handled business and he didn't want to be a part of it. So I just, um, he whistled us. So he, um, within minutes he was, you know, he was pretty coked up and he shook it up and cigaretted up to kingdom come and he leapt up and he went into a dark room and he pulled out weapons. He whistled as Deegan and Grum appeared silently out of nowhere. I just followed them as we entered our Pacinos. This time I was treated very differently. They warmly greeted us, gave us drinks and within minutes they had agreed to pay Ray some protection money. When they went to all the restaurants in Carrington and Station Street, including a short car drive to Smorgies in Burwood, who had just agreed to pay us in food waste. This was great because with that waste we could feed the entire village and local rats, possums and dogs every day. They promised to pour the waste into Safeway bags, which we'd transport back via MFB trucks. The new Tough Guy Coalition was a massive stroke of luck. Now we were dealing with the big boys, real massive men. We even thought of calling our nocturnal village Massive Men's Castle, but it didn't flow. When we walked down the street, you could almost hear the pants being filled with running craps as we kicked open the doors of local shops. It looked even better when I threw a trash can or myself through the front window of the establishments or if I loaded a child into a trash can and threw the child in the trash can through the window. A new era had begun. Bring on the cash. Crime pays. UFO wars. Delayed time bomb. Over and out. Fred Chesty.